Hey, happy Friday, friends. Welcome to Enough for Today, and we are in Psalm 50, so join me there, and what a week we have had. This is a rich psalm, and on Thursday, we covered some really thick theological concepts, gospel concepts. We covered this phrase in verse 5, covenant with me by sacrifice. And then yesterday, um, uh, I'm sorry, did I say Thursday? Wednesday. Then yesterday, we covered uh, how God corrects us. Hear my people, I will speak, verse 7. Israel, I will testify against thee. I am God, even thy God. The tenderness of that, verse 8, I will not reprove thee for thy sacrifices, thy burnt offerings have been continually before me. You're doing the right thing. I'm not going to correct you for that. You're doing enough of it. Verse 9, I will take no bullock out of thy house, nor he goats out of thy folds. I don't need more animals. So now we pick it up in verse 10. God is correcting their worship, and he's setting them free from hypocrisy and from mindless rituals and reconnecting them to the heart of it. And so he wants to do that with us, no doubt, today. Okay? So verse 9, he says, I'm sorry, verse 10, For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle upon a thousand hills. I know all the fowls of the mountains and the wild beasts of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell thee, for the world is mine and the fullness thereof. Now, let's dive into the sense of this because um, this is almost rhetorical humor, okay? Um, they had so reduced worship in their minds, ancient Israelites, they lost the sense of the covenant by sacrifice, they lost the sense of atonement and redemption, and they just began to think that they had this God who's very powerful and can do anything for them, and so they've got to hold his anger at bay, make him happy, and they've got to convince him to dole out blessings, which is not at all the picture that God wanted them to have, okay? Uh, he wanted them to know through the covenant of sacrifice they're fully forgiven, so there's no anger that they need to be afraid of, um, and they are fully, they're fully brought into his grace and provision. Let me, let me back up. He wanted them to have an unconditional sense of his love. Let me say it that way, okay? Because there is a kind of displeasure, there's a kind of chastening that God did deal with and does deal with his people, okay? And we might call it anger, but it's not a judicial wrath against sin because Jesus bore that uh, and, and God uh, wanted to free his people from that. But it was a chastening um, displeasure of correction and nurturing them back to a place of wholeness and health. It was taking the wandering sheep the emaciated, starving sheep and bringing them back to the fold, okay? And sometimes there was a chastening quality to that. So with that understanding, God wants you and me, as his ancient people did, he wants us to have a sense of unconditional love and acceptance, that we, we're not keeping God at bay from whacking us by doing good things, and we're not coaxing him into giving us blessings by obeying him or doing good things, okay? We live in his blessings, and the good things we do flow out of his blessings. And we can never coax him to give us any more because he's given us all of them. And he's given us the life of his son. We can remove ourselves from it through rebellion and disobedience. Or we can get back into the flow of those blessings and experience it and enjoy it. But God does not withhold any of his goodness from his children. Okay, back to the text. They, ancient Israelites, had turned 
their religion into keeping an angry God at bay, keeping him off our back, staying out of trouble so he doesn't whack us, and coaxing him to do good things for them, like send rain, grow crops, multiply herds. And their idea was the way to do that was the sacrifices. And so he just loves blood and he loves animals. He loves lambs and he loves goats and he loves bullocks. So just the more you give him, the happier he is. Uh, like a vending machine, like a, like, like, a, like a slot machine. They had a slot machine God. And just feed it quarters, just feed it coins and pull the lever and uh, stay out of trouble, you know, and hope you hit the jackpot, okay? And on a good season, wow, we must have given God enough sacrifices that he's given us rain and sunshine and, and fertile grounds and crops and herds. And wow, we must have just hit the jackpot. That's how they viewed God. And my, my friend, that's how a lot of Christians view God. He's just a slot machine. Feed him enough good works. Feed him enough offerings. Feed him enough, you know, going through the motions. And, and then pull the lever, and he's going to dole out blessings for you. And at the very least, you'll keep him at bay. You'll keep him from whacking you. So God says in verses 9 through 10, I don't need your animals, okay? That's not what this is about. I have and own all of the beasts of the forest. They're all mine already. And all the cattle on a thousand hills. Uh, I know all the fowls, all the birds, all the wild beasts of the field are mine. Every single one of them, I know them. If I were hungry, I wouldn't tell you, for the whole world is already mine, and the fullness of it is mine. So let me bring that into 21st century religious practice. If I just need people to go to church, if I just need people to give me tithes, if I just need people to keep laws, uh, I can snap my fingers. The whole world is mine. I don't need you. I don't need to come to you to meet my needs. If your idea, friend, has become just keeping God at bay, keeping him off my back, keeping him happy so he doesn't whack me, you've totally lost the sense of your relation, of the true nature of redemption and your relationship with God. His heart is for you. His blessings are on you. He delights in you. He sings over you. He cherishes you. You are his treasure. He doesn't need you to do more. You're likely already doing enough. I mean, that's what they were doing. He said, you're doing enough. Don't bring me any more sacrifices. I don't need any more animals. Okay. So what is this all building up to? And he's teaching them all your stuff, all your animals. It's all mine already. Why do I want you to bring me the first fruits? Why do I want you to bring me the tithe? Why do I want you to bring me the animals? Here it is. Are you ready? Well, verse 13, I need to throw this one in. Will I eat the flesh of bulls and drink the blood of goats? Like, really? Do you think I am a physical being that lives off of meat and blood? Is that what you've reduced this to? Have you reduced me to some kind of mongrel monster, you know, some kind of troll almost that just needs flesh and blood and the more you satiate me, the more you give to me, uh, the, the happier I am. Um, God's really positing a ridiculous scenario. That's why I say it's almost rhetorically humorous, okay? He's saying, come on, really? You just think I need more blood and more flesh? No. Verse 14 is the resolution. Offer unto God thanksgiving and pay thy vows unto the Most High. So, 
what, let me read you um, a, a paraphrase of this, okay? Um, make thankfulness your sacrifice and keep the vows you have made to the Most High. So the, the idea here is be motivated. What I really want, God is saying, is your heart. And I want you to see how good I am to you and how beautiful I am and how wonderful my covenant of sacrifice is for you. I want you to see how safe you are with me and what a great father and shepherd and friend that I am to you. And that's going to make you thankful. And then you're going to want to express thanks. You're going to want to keep your vows out of the motivation of thanks rather than the motivation of obligation. Okay, so they're making vows because they have to. They're bringing sacrifices because they have to. They're doing ritualistic things because they have to. And God says, you're doing enough of that, but you're doing it for the wrong reasons. You're doing it out of the wrong motivations. And so you're missing the point. You've lost the sense of how wonderful I am and how beautiful I am and how good I am. And I want you to return to that because the heart of this is that I want you to be thankful. The, the sacrifice of thanks is what really brings me pleasure and delight and honor. It's what really makes the difference. So my friend, today, here is the big, big challenge before you. You have a God who loves you even when he knows your worship is ritualistic and you're simply trying to give him what he wants so you can get what you want. He still loves you. And what he says to you is, hey, you're doing the right stuff, but listen, you lost the joy of it. Step back. Remember how good I am. Remember I'm your God and I'm for you. And let thankfulness grow up in your heart and then worship me, then serve me, then keep your vows because that's when you'll want to, that's when you'll enjoy it, and that's when it will be sustainable by love. Happy Friday. Have a great weekend. I'll see you Monday.